At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's up, Rams fans? Welcome back to Rams Showcase tonight. The Rams roster gets adjusted and it's not done yet. Plus, two teams separate in the NFC West. And later, the Rams head to Texas to play the Texans. We preview Rams and Texans next on Ram Showcase. Welcome to Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio. What's going on, Rams fans? And welcome back to Ram Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. I'm your host, Joe Brandon, but you can and should call me Sheriff Joe Bex. I am laying down the law for you guys tonight bunch of cool stuff to get into some not so cool stuff to get into but we will talk about all of it and then we do have the la rams taking on the houston texans this week texans you know they they did start real strong against the arizona cardinals last week they did not end strong not in the least but it's all good we'll talk about that game on the latter half of the show but before we get into any of that stuff, before we get into game preview stuff, we got to talk about this week, all right? So we will take a quick look back at this this game that we had against the Detroit Lions. A lot of storylines in that game. Uh, the networks did not care. They didn't care one bit. They gave us a little tiny sliver of, of exposure to the world in this one, uh, and it did not go well. So uh, what we're going to go ahead, like, what, what we're looking at for this one here is just we're going to not necessarily dig deep into those storylines. We're going to keep it pretty simple on just our normal lookbacks, our normal stuff, because if Fox doesn't care, well, we do still, but I mean, you know, it was still a, a heck of a game, actually a lot closer than I know a lot of us anticipated, but let's go ahead and hop into the good stuff, and first of all, I want to uh, get just do our giveaway real fast, and I actually got a lot of interesting answers on this one, guys. We actually had the... The, the the question was posed to you guys is after Aaron Donald's done, after he retires, does any other Ram wear the number 99? Does it retire with Aaron Donald? I think that he's already made one heck of a case to have that already happen, that the number 99 may never touch another Ram player except for Aaron Donald. This could be it. We could be watching the last of the 99s. We've seen some interesting ones, some really cool names rocking the, the number 99 of course we got Aaron Donald right now my favorite one and I'm only going to list this this one is a uh, CJ you <laughs> that was one of my favorite uh, Rams names there's been a lot of great Rams names in in history but CJ you that was a good one uh so uh, that was my question to you guys got a lot of interesting answers most of you guys I would say the very large majority in fact I only saw one person say that the number 99 will appear on another Ram after Aaron Donald is done. I don't know if I agree with that fully, but also let's hope that that's a long ways away and that we don't have to have that conversation for many, many years. That's uh, that's the goal here. So of the answers here, I've got them in my bucket hat. I got all the little cards here. And I do have a question for you guys today uh, that is kind of related to some news that we will talk about here shortly. So we'll Put this over here. Make aggressive eye contact. Uncomfortable levels of eye contact with the camera right now. We're doing that. And then this name right here. That's our winner. 
And this one's going to go to John Perry. You are the winner. Another double winner. So that's pretty cool stuff, man. Now, for everybody who, who entered, I do appreciate the heck out of you guys for, uh, A, being here and participating in, in Ram Showcase, but also for answering my questions here. All right. So, John, what I'm going to need from you, I need you to send me, you know what, just a confirmation because I know I have your address because you won not that long ago. So just give me some kind of confirmation, just a, just a quick, uh, how do you do? And, and, uh, we'll, well, I'll give a confirmation back to you that I did receive that. We'll get that sent out to you. Uh, what I'm going to need is that message by kickoff on Sunday. The Rams do have an early kickoff this week, 10 a.m. Pacific time. So make sure you do that. And actually, I want to say that John was the only one who said no for, or that saying that somebody else would wear number 99 on Aaron Don or after Aaron Donald. So. Is there something to that? Does John know more than we don't than we know? Is the universe and John connected in ways that we can't understand? I don't know. But for this next one, guys, and uh, the quick rules again, if you guys do drop your answer to this question, then uh, you're giving me permission to use your name and/or photos on the next episode of Ram Showcase. You guys may have noticed I've not done photos yet, uh, but if you guys actually, because I know that when. When uh, Josh sends that stuff out to you guys, Josh from Shots Customs, then uh, if you guys want to send me a photo of your stuff, you like holding up your stuff, throwing up the horns or something like that, please do that as well, because I, I like to I like, I like to be able to to know what's happening out there, you know? I, I don't want to just like give it away and then just like, oh, okay, it's gone. Never have to worry about that again. Like, I, I want to participate, guys. I want to do the whole thing, and, and I, I want to see what you guys are getting. I honestly... I have no idea what you guys are getting. I, <laughs> I have no clue what he sends to you guys. I hope it's awesome. I'm sure it is, though. Uh, Josh is super cool. Let's see. I'm just checking out the distribution map. I haven't even sent it yet. Oh, man. Rams are not getting big areas, man. But all of Arizona gets to see us. They're at least a big chunk of it. We'll put that up on the second half of the show, though, uh, for the uh, viewers. For you listeners out there, uh, you're just going to have to go to the Ram Showcase Facebook page or something and subscribe there or like there and follow and all that stuff here. But if you guys are on the YouTube channel, you guys can subscribe here and like here as well. And Or you can dislike whatever's more honest for you. I want the honest answer. If you like what you see, like it. If you dislike what you see, dislike it. That's fine. And then comment below and uh, tell me what's up. And then we can have a conversation or something and talk about the Rams and all that stuff. But make sure you guys subscribe on YouTube. That is where the magic happens. That's where the coolest stuff of Ram Showcase does happen. But you can catch Ram Showcase in a whole bunch of different places. All over the place. If you search Ram Showcase, I guarantee you can find it. But RamblinFan.com is an easy spot for you guys to check out an episode of Ram Showcase. And I'll be honest with you guys, Ram, uh, Ram Showcase is, is, is pretty new to the Ramblin Fan family. The Ramblin', Ramblin' Fanly. <laughs> and already uh, I've seen some massive boosts in numbers and stuff like that. So chances are if you guys are listening to my voice right now, then you guys are probably, you guys might be on Ramblin' Fan. So that's good stuff. But this week, guys, for the giveaway, we're just going to do a quick one. Um, based on the trade that we saw happen this week from the LA Rams sending linebacker Kenny Young to the Denver Broncos, I wanted to ask this, and I don't know if this is a ne like a too negative of a question or not, but I wanted to ask you guys, if there was one player that you're like 100% okay with the Rams shipping off somewhere, who is that player? Because I doubt that if I would have asked this last week that anybody would have said Kenny Young. So I'm really curious to hear what you guys have to say about what player you think, like if, if you heard that that player got traded, you'd be like, oh, finally. That kind of player. I want that player. I want to know that too, because I always ask you guys, what's your favorite this? What's your favorite that? 
I want to know your least. I, I kind of, I'm just a little curious, I guess. I'm not trying to be negative or anything like that. I'm just a little bit curious to see what players you guys kind of pick out as like, we could definitely do without this guy. I don't think this guy does a good job. If he got traded, that'd be fine. I want to know those names. All right, so drop that below by answering. You are giving me permission to use your name and or photos on the next episode of Ram Showcase that will appear next week. And we're actually going to be into November now, or Jovember, as I like to call it, but that's irrelevant. Uh, but uh, we still got October to wrap up here. We got the game on Halloween, and that's pretty awesome stuff. Uh, you know, we can we can uh, do the whole Rams thing, and then we're an early game, and that's actually a benefit this week. Unless you're partying on Saturday th- Saturday night, then it's an anti-benefit to you guys. But then uh, then you can go out, and I'm going to put on my hot dog suit and and bounce out, you know, and do some cool stuff, hopefully. That's that's the plan. I have My cat has a matching uh, hot dog costume as well. But all right, let's get into the good stuff here. Uh, the Rams. Traded linebacker Kenny Young to the Denver Broncos. Not only did they send Kenny Young to the Denver Broncos, they basically were like, whatever you guys want to give back is fine. It's whatever. It's whatever. Kenny Young was definitely the Rams' best inside linebacker, so I was very surprised to see this news, especially the day after we saw one of the worst performances by one of Kenny Young's teammates that I've seen all season. And that was from linebacker Troy Reader, who was absolutely getting smoked all day long. Troy Reader was getting smoked. I'm sitting there, like, I don't I don't get too amped up on players and, and how they're doing bad, how they're doing poorly, anything like that, or how they're doing well. I, I kind of stay pretty even there, but Troy Reader was just off. And I don't know if that's a, a single-game anomaly, because I've liked Troy Reader in the past, but he was not getting it done in this game. So to see that performance out of Troy Reader getting ankles busted, uh, you know, missing the onside kick, getting blown up on blocks, stuff like that. It was it was a surprise to see the Rams take away from that position group and and not really get anything in return. So the Rams send Kenny Young and a seventh round pick to the Denver Broncos in return for a sixth round pick. That is all the details. That is it right there. So on the surface, I'm not a fan of this trade at all because at at this time, I don't fully understand it. And we are expecting that there's going to be a corresponding move to this and possibly a trade. I do have a lot of fan casos about trades, so make sure you guys stay tuned into that. Uh, that'll be on the back end here of the of Ram Showcase. But I was very surprised to see that trade. And, ah, oh man, so it, it's... It's just such an interesting thing for me to, to to see this trade come in because at first it was like, I actually, I heard about it on a Facebook message. Uh, it, that's like the first thing I saw was a Facebook message. And, I was, and it just said like, really, Kenny Young or something like that? And it was like, oh no. And I was so sad about it. And then I looked up the details and then I was just confused. So we are expecting a corresponding move. Will it be a trade? Probably, if I had to guess. And it's also, I think we'll tie into the fact that the Rams just freed up some cap space by moving around some money with Rob Havenstein's contract. So the Rams do now have, uh, it's like a little over $4 million, or I want to say it's almost $5 million in cap space. I thought I wrote it down. I guess I did not. Uh, I could do research here, but I'm trying to talk to you guys. Okay, so it's fine. And ultimately, guys, uh, this, th- this one here, I think that this trade, day one, immediate, Kenny Young leaves, I think that makes the Rams a worse team. Immediately. Not by a lot. Like, I don't think that Kenny Young's worth, like, two, three wins or anything like that, but he's definitely worth some big plays. And he had a big fourth down stop against the Detroit Lions, and then the very next day, it's like, ah, we can do without him. 
even though Troy Reader did not play well. What I would have liked to see in this one, to be completely honest with you guys, what I would have loved to see as part of this trade, and there's conversations about the Denver Broncos potentially will being willing to move on from cornerback Kyle Fuller. And the Rams could use some help in the secondary right now. On defense, in general, the Rams could use some help. So if, if we could have packaged in something like, because what the deal was was Kenny Young, a seventh, to Denver in return for a six. If we could have packaged something together like Kenny Young in a four or a five for uh, for uh, Kyle Fuller and then maybe a six or seven by from them coming back and so you get tr- players and picks involved in that trade, I at least would have understood it, okay? But we don't know it yet. But you also got to think that less make a deal Sneed has got to be cooking up something, right? The, the trade deadline comes up on November 2nd, which is Tuesday of next week after this Houston Texans game. It's going to be Tuesday, and that usually falls at about 1 o'clock p.m. Uh, Pacific time. So you you can bet your butt cheeks that I'll be keeping a close eye on this. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm hoping that a move comes before this game happens, but it could leak into the Monday-Tuesday time frame next week. But it does feel imminent that, uh, that a move is uh, coming. McVay did admit that this move was financially driven. He said that in the McVeigh show. So he did admit that it, that it was a financially driven move. And then you tie that in with the Rob Havenstein restructure. And it just makes perfect sense that something's coming. The Rams are eyeballing somebody right now. But where would that position group be? Because that is what confuses me right now. Could it be running back? Very possible. We got some news on that here that we'll talk about in a second as well. But could it be running back? Maybe. That would kind of make sense. Uh, the Rams' run game is not necessarily getting going, but also we got to like give it tries. You know, what I mean? like we got to give the attempts to get it going. Because when we're running the ball 14, 15 times a game, it's hard to get any kind of rhythm going, especially when you're doing uh, two backs. And then on the defensive side, I, I don't think any other position except for linebacker would be one that we would need to go for. And we just traded, in my opinion, our best inside linebacker. We just traded him away for basically nothing. We basically called up the Denver Broncos like, yo, y'all want Kenny Young? They were like, yeah, what, what do you want for him? Yeah, wh- whatever. Like, whatever you guys, whatever you guys want to give up. Like, we'll give you Young and a seven. You guys figure out the rest. A six? Fine. That's fine. So I don't get it. I, I personally do not get it. But I do imagine that there is a corresponding move coming. And then I'm sure next week I'll be like, I get it now. I get it. That's what I like. Let's make a deal. Sneed was doing like because that's going to be my voice next week. I'm going to have I'm going to chain smoke cigarettes, I guess. (laughs) I'm not a smoker, but I'm going to chain smoke cigarettes. And uh, that's going to be my voice next week. Sean McVay. Yeah. Next up, we got running back Cam Akers could return per McVay. Speaking of McVay. He was in the McVay show, and J.B. Long had brought it up that, you know, Cam Akers have been doing some workouts. And he asked, basically, is it out of the is it out of the possibilities that Cam Akers could make a return? And Sean McVay said no. He said no. It is not out of the possibilities. Now, that comment alone got twisted pretty dramatically by other places. And basically, some people took that comment as Cam Akers 100% coming back bank it which I just don't think is what was said it's very possible that Cam Akers could make his return to the football field this season especially if the Rams make the playoffs it looks like that would be more of the timeline on when Cam Akers could return but by no means is he saying for sure Cam Akers is back because you also got to think that Cam Akers now is in his second year has not had a training camp in his NFL career 
He would have missed the entire season. And then when he comes back, you just think we're going to give him 20 carries a game or something? No, he's going to get like four. It's going to be fine. Like, it's not going to be a big deal. And so for him coming back, yes, that's awesome. But that first game or two that he would get back on the football field, we'd probably use him pretty sparingly. And it'd probably still be Hendo. And if it's if that gets to the postseason, and the NFC is stacked. I mean, the the what is it? The six best teams in the NFL are all in the a- NFC. So I don't know if that's going to be something that we actually is going, I'll put it this way. I don't know if it's going to be high impact or not, but right now I would anticipate Cam Akers returning if he does return, not being that high of an impact unless the Rams go very deep into the postseason and then maybe he's actually got a couple games under his belt. Rams playing at SoFi Stadium in February for that Super Bowl. Maybe he gets going that one if he's already had some games under his belt, but I do think that 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 you got to kind of consider that um, that, that Cam Akers is, is not going to be, like, good to... He's not going to be... I mean, he, he's going to be fresh, but he's not going to be, like, battle-tested out there for the season, if that makes sense. So, I'm not sure if it's going to be that big of a deal. Uh, we love Cam Akers. We, I'm ex- super excited to see Cam Akers come back next year. And Jake Funk and... Raymond Clay and everybody else that was hurt as running back uh, next year. We had some we had some battles going into next year for sure <laughs> at the running back position because you know you got to think Sony Michelle's going to want to stick around too, right? I mean, but if Cam Akers, Raymond Clay, and all these guys are back, I mean, D- Jake Funk is that is that going to be a thing? I mean, we got some uh, some movement there possibly. Uh, but if the season ended today, uh, the Rams would be the five seed, so not close to a bye yet i mean we're one game off of the bye but we're a five seed so you know you gotta take what you can get uh just a quick one here is uh some practice squad additions for you guys we added tight end jared pinkney to the practice squad as well as cornerback grant haley grant haley that's a name i've said before but i don't remember the context i want to say he may have been on the on the practice squad at some point i'm not sure don't quote me on that, actually. I just remember saying that name. I'm not sure exactly what uh, forum that was in. I don't know if that was here, Ram Showcase, or if it was somewhere else. I use words a lot into microphones, so I'm not 100% sure what I say to everybody sometimes. So we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, just quick injury updates for you guys. Rams will be careful with left tackle Big Wit this week as he is dealing with a little bit of a knee injury. Jordan Fuller, Robert Rochelle, Terrell Lewis, Sebastian Joseph Day are all dealing with minor injuries themselves. And... Likely will not be participating in practice today, which is Wednesday. We do not have an injury report as of time of recording, so I can't confirm that. But they are all expected to be ready come Sunday. Just wanted to change gears here a little bit before we take a look, before we go back at this Lions game. And I wanted to mention Sean McVay's comments on wide receiver Tutu Atwell because I had stated in the NFC West roundtable, if you guys have not watched, it's awesome. It's so much fun every single week. It's awesome. Uh, this week was on the AZ Sports Fan, so if you guys want to go check that out. And then next week, I believe the discussions are going in the way that it's going to be back on Ram Showcase. So you guys can watch it here next week. But the what I said on there, this is, I think, preseason time, that of all the Rams draft selections, top to bottom, all the way down to Benny Sko, all right? All the way down, I said that Tutu Atwell has the biggest bust potential. A, because of his draft spot, like the way the place he was picked, which was second round. What was that, 61? I don't remember exactly his number, but it was he was picked in the second round. And I said that he has the highest draft uh, bust potential. And that's A, because of where he was picked. 
and B, because of his personality. And that's not supposed to be a, a, a personal shot. I, I realize that there's no real way to, to get around that, but I also don't know Tutu personally. I'm sure if Tutu was sitting next to me, I'm sure we would have a great time and get along awesome. We'd become really good friends, probably best friends. But the, with Tutu out, well, the way he's, he talks in press conferences stuff like that seems just a little too... A little too laid back for me, I guess, in the sense that like I, I like my football players with just like laser focus. I like I like my I like my football players like Aaron Donald, man, just focused in. This is their life. This is what they're doing. They're going to go out there and they're just going to just do everything they can to be the best that they possibly can. And I'm not saying that Tutu Atwell does not do that in his own time or off camera. But from what we can see, which is a very limited scope, and I hope that that comes across, and I'm not saying that like, hey, Tutu is not a good person, because that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm trying to say here is in those press conferences, which is very limited time, and what we see on the football field itself, it does kind of seem like Tutu Atwell might have some issues there with maybe, maybe it's a confidence issue. Maybe it's not a personality thing. Maybe he's just lacking some confidence right now. And so something big could spark that. And then we could see like what Tavon Austin was supposed to be in Tutu Atwell, something like that. Or, or he's just a little bit too reined in. But Sean McVay's comments here is saying that he, he would like to see a little bit of a sense of urgency out of Tutu Atwell. And the, you, I mean, we could pick apart that statement, the sense of urgency statement. Maybe he's not paying close attention in meetings. Maybe he's, maybe he's practicing kind of soft, something like that. Sean McVay has those answers. I do not have those answers for you guys. But what I can tell you guys, what I can answer is that, you know, Tutu Atwell so far this season has been disappointing. He was the Rams' first selection in the 2021 draft, and he has been disappointing. He hasn't shown us anything, any flashes, anything in press conferences, anything on a punt return that goes like, oh man, like, well, I mean, he's having, he's not getting it done right now, but he's got it. He's got something like, well, in a couple of years, man, we're going to be talking up 2-2, riding the 2-2 train. And that's just, I, I, I'm just not seeing that yet. We have not seen anything from him that that's like, oh man, we need to get this guy out here more. We need to get him on offense. We need to do this. Uh, and honestly, I think Benny, Ben Skoranek, I think he needs to be on offense before 2-2 Atwell at this point, because Tutu's just really, he's just not getting it down, done. And I, I'm not going to throw around the B word on Tutu just yet because, I mean, he's, what, seven games into his NFL career, and I just don't think that that's fair to do. But uh, we really do need to see some more some more on on uh, from, from Tutu Atwell. But also, on the flip end of this, um, we're not going to hit on every single draft pick. It's not possible. And that would, absolutely, that would be insane if you hit on every single one of your draft picks. Uh, but, you know, some just aren't going to work out. And I see some people already criticizing Sean McVay for drafting Tutu Atwell. And I just don't think that that's warranted either. I don't think that that's, uh, that's something you can necessarily do yet. Because, A, we have not seen Tutu Atwell come in a lot on offense, very sparingly. And he also just, he's seven games into his NFL career. Can we give him a chance? Can we give him at least a couple of years before we're like, ah, he's bust. Like, you know, we got to give him a little bit of a chance, all right? But what we can see now is... It looks like, from the outside perspective, it looks like Tutu Atwell is maybe not as bought in as others. He maybe doesn't look as fast as he was advertised. We haven't really seen that burst out of Tutu yet. Uh, we saw one in preseason where he kind of uh, popped. I think that was, was that in Denver. I'm trying to remember what game that was. No, it was in SoFi. Oh yeah, it was against the Chargers. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> Good stuff. But 
Yeah, we, we've we've seen a couple, like a, a pop here and there, but we really haven't seen him l- turn it on, turn on the Jets and, and hit it. We have not seen that yet, so uh, he seems to find the holes just a little bit too late, and he doesn't really hit north with any conviction. He he just seems to kind of be going with the flow of things and then just gets you know forced out of bounds or tackled. So there's a lot of improvements that we would all like to see out of Tutu Atwell. I'm not going to throw the B word on him quite yet, but I will say that I, I think that if this trend continues, I don't think Tutu will be around very long, but I do think we need to give him a fair shot. In seven games into his first season as a pro on a very loaded group, which is you know headlined by Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Deshaun Jackson, Van Jefferson, with guys like that, I mean, it's hard to get into the offense, so maybe he just needs some more time out there. And that's really where I'll leave it, man. I, 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 I'm not going to throw Tutu out the Tutu train. I'm not going to throw him out just, just yet, but we do, we do need to see, we need to start seeing some flashes at least. Otherwise that B word will be slapped onto Tutu. We'll go ahead and take a, take a quick break here. And on the other side, we'll get the look back. So don't you move. So the LA Rams were able to defeat the Detroit Lions. The game's a lot closer than I know a lot of us anticipated with a final score of 28 to 19. The Lions were up 13 to 3 after one and they also were up by one 16, uh, 16 to 17 going into the fourth quarter. So it was a little bit scary there for a minute. Maybe use high voice. <laughs> it was a little bit scary, but uh, the Rams did lead at halftime so that, that streak continues for Sean McVay. It's kind of funny because the, and, I, and I usually don't like to bash commentators or anything like that. Like sports media guys, I usually got their backs, you know, in, in most capacities. And it's very rare that I don't. But A, this crew, not awesome. Uh, I, I was a little bit surprised at some things. And I know that there's Lions fans out there that were saying that they thought, like Kurt Steele that came on to, to the show last week, he said that Lions fans felt like the the crew was very pro Rams, and I feel like the crew was extremely pro Lions. Like they were celebrating the Lions, and I like I remember there was one moment where Mark Sanchez, the Rams were on third down, converted the third down, and Mark Sanchez's voice he he just he had disappointment in his voice. Like he wanted the Lions to stop the Rams so bad, and he's like, oh, they get the first. Like it was like. Um, excuse me? Like, <laughs> that is not the tone we were searching for, Mark, you know? And so uh, I thought that was a little interesting, but these, uh, yeah, that crew was a little bit weak. And also they, um, they did put up a graphic saying that Sean McVay is 39 and 0 when we, uh, when leading at halftime. And that's actually not the case. He's up to 43 now, I believe. So, I mean, that streak is going pretty crazy, but you know, the Fox broadcast last week, I mean, I was, I had, I had some, some nitpicks, I guess, but I also, you know, I don't work there yet or anything. So, I mean, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't be too picky, I guess, because if it's me making those mistakes, then there's some, something I could do about it, you know, and I can improve, but I just hope that they saw that. I hope that they see some mistakes and, and keep moving forward. But, uh, the Jared Goff, the Jared Goff, he went 22 of 36, 268 yards, had one touchdown pass that was early on in the game on a screen, and then ended the game with two interceptions. The Lions were definitely stealing possessions from the Rams here. They came in, A, ready to play, and B, with some tricks up their sleeves. And 
they were working. Uh, you know, obviously the the Ray or the the Lions start the game. They they get that touchdown off Jared Goff's screen pass, and then they do an onside kick. Troy Reader bats it up. It just doesn't play it very well. But I mean, he was also very surprised by it. So if you would have made that play, it would have been an amazing play. But he missed the play, and it's like, oh man, we just weren't ready for that. You know what I mean? So I don't like to. I know that I, I just said that Troy Reader played very poorly last week, which he did, but that play in particular is not one that I look at of like, see, he did bad. Like it's, he, no one expected the onside kick after the first touchdown. And then they also converted two punts, uh, two fake punts, which is something that we, we do. We, that's us. That's our thing. <laughs> I mean, obviously everybody does them uh, at least sometimes, but uh, Lions stole some possessions, man, and they, they came in ready to play, but the Rams still won by two scores. So I think that that just goes to show you how much better the Rams are than the Lions, and I know we anticipated a blowout, but I mean, can all things considered, we kind of did blow them out. I mean, all things considered, you take away those possessions, you you turn those those fake punts into actual punts and give give the Rams the football, or you take away that onside kick to start the game, I mean, that's a, we could be looking at a 21-24 to 7 first quarter if if we don't see all that stuff right away, you know? So they were definitely stealing some stuff, man, but let's give away a game badge. Boom! You see it on your screen. It is Cooper Cup. Cup is off to the best start for a wide receiver in a season in the Super Bowl era. He is on fire. Absolute fuego coming off of Cooper Cup. He's going to need to ice them shoes, ice them hands, because it's all hot right now. Because he is unstoppable. In this game, he had 10 catches on 13 targets. And 156 yards, two touchdowns. On the season, he's got 809 receiving yards, nine touchdowns. Both of those numbers are leading the NFL. He is currently on pace for 1,000. 964 yards. That's pretty incredible, if you guys ask me. The NFL record is 1,946. We need to kind of adjust based on it being an extra game this year. So, if that game does get adjusted, he would be on pace for 1,849 for a 16-game season. That would end uh, in... Oh, what to get to 1871 would be third in a 16-game season. But that Calvin Johnson record, the 1,946, feels a little out of reach still, even though Cooper Cup is absolutely lighting up some souls, man. But, uh, you know, that that record could be there because we had we also did see some down games from Cooper Cup. We saw, like, what was it, 50s or something like that for against the Cardinals. So, uh, Cooper Cup, though, I, I could have given this to Matthew Stafford. I wanted to give it to Cooper Cup because... He is unreal right now, and we had a little bit of a conversation about Cooper Cup in the NFC West roundtable about is he the best wide receiver in the NFL today? Statistically, obviously, yes. Is he, though, the best? Like, if 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 you have your pick of any wide receiver, who do you take? You take a Mike Evans, a Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, or Cooper Cup? Like, those are kind of the names that I tossed out, and I'm, I'd be curious to hear your answers, so please drop them if you guys feel so inclined. Cooper Cup is definitely all-around guy. Uh, he can play outside. He can play inside. He's extremely difficult to tackle. His route running is unbelievable, and I would say his route running is better than those other guys. Uh, hands, maybe there's some other guys with some better hands. You know, he's maybe those other, like Mike Evans is just a monster. So like he's huge. So there's like some disadvantages that Cooper Cup has, but I think his play is 
overcoming that kind of stuff. He is on pace for almost 22 touchdowns. 21.8 is his current average uh, that or that he would get to. Um, but uh, Cooper Cup's best season so far is is in 2019, 1,161 yards and 10 touchdowns. So he just needs one touchdown to tie his career high. And then I'm going to do some math right now, not in my head because I'm bad at that. And we're going to do some math right now to see exactly what he would need to uh, tie his season record, which is 352 yards to tie his season high at uh, as a rece- at receiving yards. So Cooper Cup, absolutely on fire. I think he's very deserving of the game badge. The guy that I could have given the game badge to, quarterback Matthew Stafford. He was on for the bulk of this game, for sure. It just felt like we weren't really getting the opportunities early, which... I mean, it's true. I We weren't getting the opportunities early. You see an onside kick. You see two fake punts. If those turn into Rams possessions, that's potentially, we'll go low end. We'll say that's that's nine points. Well, I say low end because like if you turn it into any points at all, that's good. So nine points were left off the board. So that, that could have necessarily, if you do like my math and how I'm doing it in my head right now of like, of if the Rams were to just do the three each drive and no touchdowns, no punts, anything like that. That's a that's an 18 point game for the Rams. So I think that the, this does qualify, I guess, as a beating, uh, a butt beating, you know. But uh, Matthew Stafford uh, had 200 or had 28 of 41 on his uh, completions, and then 334 yards, three touchdowns to zero interceptions. Did also hit 300 career passing touchdowns. So congratulations to Matthew Stafford. He did not have a situation where, you know, Cooper Cup did not go and give away his 300 ball like we saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the 600 ball and Mike Evans and Tom Brady. We didn't see that, so that's good news. And then Jalen Ramsey celebrated his 27th birthday on Sunday against the Detroit Lions and was able to step in front of a, a pass in the end zone to almost seal the game. It's like emotionally kind of sealed it a little bit. After that pick happened, I kind of like it was like a sigh of relief. It was like, oh, thank goodness we came up like but it was it was really good to see because at that time of the game, it was like, okay, we need our superstars to do something here. And like right as I say that, Aaron Donald's just like, okay, get out of my way. And then goes after Jared Goff, gets right up in his face, and then Jalen Ramsey picks it off. And then on the flip side of that, on the offensive side of the football, we also had a situation where we saw that uh, it was like, oh, we need a play. We need something. We need something to happen here. And Matthew Stafford hits Cooper Cup deep. So Jalen Ramsey on his 27th birthday had a pick. Which is really awesome stuff. So happy birthday to Jalen. Did end the day with four tackles and that interception. Let's head into the rest of the West real fast. What those other three dweebs are up to. And, you know, every single NFC West team played at home last week. And I don't know if that means anything to you guys. But I just thought it was kind of interesting that they everybody was at home. Uh, so we'll start with the Arizona Cardinals. They did defeat the Houston Texans 31-5. to that, that score started 5 to nothing from the Houston Texans. So I was kind of like sitting there for a second. And I was like, wait a minute. Is this going to be the one? And then no. Arizona was like, nah. We're, we're, we're good. We're just going to go score a bunch of touchdowns and stuff. And so they ended up beating up on the Houston Texans. They did hold Houston to 160 offensive yards. And this is the team that the Rams play this year. 118 passing yards, 42 rushing yards. Of course, they do get their quarterback, though, against the Rams. In Week 8, the Arizona Cardinals will play at home against the Green Bay Packers. And this game will be on Thursday Night Football. It looks like no Lazard, no Devontae Adams. Former linebacker coach Joe Barry, Packers defensive coordinator, he's got the vid. He will not be uh, rocking. He's going to be 19 up. And so he will not be on the sideline for this one. 
And I, that's just super unfortunate because as a fan of the game, as a fan of football, I really wanted to see these two heavyweights go at it with, at full capacity. I do feel like the Arizona Cardinals get away a little bit with an easier Packers team, but it is still going to be tough. Uh, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is still going to be there. Aaron Jones is still going to be there. And they still do have some weapons. Tunyon, uh, that defense is okay. But ultimately, I think that the Arizona Cardinals will probably win that game because of the lack of the weapons on the, the Packers side. But hey, I would not be sad if the Green Bay Packers won that game. And uh, I mean, the Rams will will still be in second no matter what happens. Uh, but yeah, Rams are in second place after week eight, no matter what. Like, it doesn't matter what happens. That's going to that's gonna be a thing. Because even if the Cardinals lose, Rams win, we'd be tied, but they would have the tiebreaker. Uh, Indianapolis Colts defeated the San Francisco 49ers. That game was 30-18, to 18, played on Sunday Night Football. And I don't think the 49ers are very good right now. I just don't think they're a very good football team. And their, their mess at the quarterback position is just that. It's a mess now. I mean, you drafted, uh, you moved up to take a guy at third overall, Trey Lance, and then you're still going to like play games with Jimmy and you just be like, hey, well, hey, well Jimmy's healthy. He's our guy. Like we, you, we already, the whole universe knows that you're moving on from him. How about you start your future now? When is the future? Is it today or is it later? That's a weird way to word that question, but I think you guys understand what I mean. And that's the important part. <laughs> and um, yeah, I was, uh, I was just a little bit wrong about the 49ers coming into the season. I thought that they were going to be a lot better this year, but they are not. So, hey, it happens. I'm also happy that uh, the rest of the world knows what a bomb, bomb cyclone is now, because as a resident of Colorado, we got a bomb cyclone in 2019, but it actually was snow. So this was, uh, it was, it was cool to see and cool to hear about, and everybody was calling it cyclone bomb and stuff like that. But it, you know what? When it happened in 2019, none of us had heard of it either. So it was pretty cool stuff. But uh, and I love snow. I love when we just get absolutely smoked with snow. If you guys look up an Albuquerque low, that's what it's called. When a little pocket of low pressure gets over Albuquerque, Colorado Springs gets absolutely wrecked with snow. And it's my favorite thing ever. And I remember one as a little tiny kid. And uh, it was like snow was like, oh, past my belly button. And <laughs> I had an awesome time. We were off school for like a week in that one. None of that's relevant, though. Week 8, the San Francisco 49ers are playing at the Chicago Bears. That game kicks off at 10 a.m. on Fox. And the final game of the other three dweebs is the Saints did defeat the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle, 13 to 10 on Monday Night Football, just 219 offensive yards for the Seattle Seahawks. There was rain in this game. Uh, the entire West Coast was kind of getting it, and even like Southern California was seeing some uh, some uh, water falling from uh, from the from the heavens. But in Week Eight, the the Jacksonville Jaguars head to Seattle to to take on the Seahawks. That game's at 1:05 p.m. on CBS. And I I think I'm picking the Jags in this one, guys. I don't think the Seahawks are very good without Russell Wilson. I've talked about it uh, a lot, is that I think that Russell Wilson's been carrying that franchise for the last few years. And I think that it's evident now that he's finally missing games and we see that they are not a very good football team when Russ isn't on the field. There's too many issues that they have that are that that can be hidden with Russell Wilson's experience and his skill set. And then when he's gone it just exposes all of it. And that's what we're seeing right now. I think the Jags come out on top of that one. Let's go take a look at the full standings here. You got the Arizona Cardinals in first place, undefeated still, still the only undefeated team in the NFL. I mean, that's going to be the case until they lose because it's not like a team can become undefeated. Uh, the LA Rams sitting in second, six and one. And then you got those, those bottom teams down there. 
They're way down there. Pull out your binoculars so you can find the 49ers and Seahawks. Two and four for the 49ers and two and five for the Seattle Seahawks. The 49ers have already had their bye week. Seattle's is coming up here. Uh, Rams have a couple more weeks until we hit ours. I think it's, what, three more games until the Rams are on a bye week. And we will still continue the show. We are not going to take a break as we've normally done. It's just, yeah, it's just going to be awesome. We're just going to keep going. But those are your standings for uh, the NFC West going into week eight. And, you know, we need somebody. We need somebody to take out these Arizona Cardinals. Who's going to do it? Is, does it have to be us? Never send a Packer to do a Rams job. All right. On the other side, we've got the game preview. Rams heading out to Texas to play the Houston Texans. We got the preview next. Don't move. Link for Shaw's Customs will be in the description below. Make sure you guys head over there and check out all the sick stuff you can get. Oh, I moved stuff around. I forgot. <laughs> ah, the cup's over here now. <laughs> well, make sure you guys check out Shaw's Customs. You guys can do Ram Showcase logos. All you have to do is ask, and Josh will get that sent out to you from Shaw's Customs. That's one of my favorite things. <laughs> That's good stuff here. Uh, before we get into our game preview, though, I guys got I got to tell you guys about Thrive Fantasy. You prop up with Thrive Fantasy this football season, which is I mean we're cl- we're closing in on halftime here of football season. So if you guys are not getting started, what are you doing? What are you doing over there? Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. You don't have to worry about any of the research. You ain't got to look for any of the sleepers. You focus on the top tier talent of the NFL, the guys who make the biggest impacts. On every single game, every single week. You know the names. Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford. Ever heard of them? Those are the guys that you can pick for this one. You don't have to worry about Tutu Atwell. You choose 10 of the top 20 available player props. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to happen. You rack up those points, and then that's how you win, man. You rack up those points, you do better than other people. You understand the game better than other people, you get them points. Thrive has over 140,000 guaranteed prizes and has already paid over $4 million. Use promo code RAMSHOWCASE for a 100% match on your first deposit up to $100. So if you put in $100, you got $200 now. You can can go to thrivefantasy.com. You can uh, download the app in the App Store or the Play Store and uh, get started that way. Or if you guys want to just hit the link in the description below, yeah, I'll shoot you guys right there. You don't even need the promo code. Sign up and prop up today. Thrive Fantasy. If you're more of a gambler, the gambling man, then you need to know about BetUS, all right? If you're looking for a sports book to put your money where your mouth is, everybody likes to talk a big game about who they think's going to win. How'd you put some dollar dollar bills on it, man? Put them dollar bills on it. Look no further than BetUS. You probably already know that BetUS has been around for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That's you. That's you, man. Head over to BetUS.com, B-E-T-U-S.com, or you can call 800-69-BETUS. That's 800-MY-BETUS. And use promo code RAMSHOWCASE for a 125% bonus on your first deposit. RAMSHOWCASE200 if you're using crypto and you get a 200% bonus on your first deposit. BetUS has everything. NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB. We're in the we're in the World Series right now. So if you guys want to hop on that one, do it quick. NHL's just starting up. NBA's getting going now. Good stuff. You do it all live as well. You want to bet the Rams to smoke 
the Houston Texans at a 14 and a half point line this weekend. You go ahead and do that. If you guys want to uh, put some money on the Strohs to get wrecked, because I know most of you guys here probably anti-Strohs. Anti-Strohs. And so far, so good for the anti-Strohsers out there. You can also check out the online casino games, which is awesome stuff. Casino games are awesome. That's one of my favorite things to participate in, actually. We follow the lead of myself, Sheriff Joe Bags here. You get on your phone, go to BetUS.com, B-E-T-U-S.com. You sign up with a sports book, known for its longevity and integrity like I did. You bet, you win, you get paid with BetUS. Let's go ahead and get into our game preview, which is brought to you guys by BetUS. The LA Rams at 6-1, taking on the Houston Texans, who are 1-6. Flip it floppy on the records there. This game kicks off at 10 a.m. Pacific time on Fox. Chris Myers and Daryl Johnston will be on the call for you guys. And let's see what the color is here. I forgot already. It's going to be the yellow zone again. Uh, but we'll put that up here in just one second. Because the Rams are favored in this game by 14.5. The over-under is at 48. So if you guys do like putting money on games... That's, I mean, that's, that's decent right there. All right. 14 and a half. I know that the double digit lines tend to scare people and the Rams didn't cover last week against the Detroit Lions, but there's something about this Houston game that like, we'll talk about rankings here in a second and like where they're at and stuff like that. But I think the Rams can put up some points here and Terod Taylor. I mean, he's, is he just going to come back and just start just diming us up? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so I think that that's a that's a reasonable one here. But let's go ahead. Let's put up this distribution map for you guys. Bah! And what you're seeing here is going to be uh, the yellow zone, like I had said. So uh, all of Texas, which is a pretty large area, and then most of Arizona and Southern California will be looking at this game. These maps are subject to change. So if you guys are interested in looking it up, at your, looking it up yourself, 506sports.com is where I find these. And if you're in that red zone, like I'm sure the most of you guys are, that's actually Niners and Bears, unfortunately. So you guys are going to get some Niners into your face. And the rest of us, uh, actually, I'm in that zone too, but I go out for it. But uh, we'll get uh, the Rams and, and the Texans with Chris Myers and Daryl Johnston, which actually is a team, uh, a commentary team that I am actually a big fan of. I like, I like when they're calling the games. It's good stuff. Let's take a look at the history of this matchup. This is only the fifth meeting between these two teams. Rams do lead the all-time series 3-1. and one. The most recent game between these two came on November 12th of 2017. That was a 33-7 win for the Los Angeles Rams. This actually was the game that you guys might remember at the Coliseum where uh, Robert Woods got that 94-yard touchdown pass from Jared Goff. And I don't know if you guys remember that play as vividly as I do. But Rob Havenstein held J.J. Watt so bad on that play that it definitely should not have counted, but it did, and so I'll take it. But yeah, that was a that was a pretty exciting game. Rams were coming in pretty hot, and you know it's a it was about this time of year, so we already knew that the Rams were a much improved team in that 2017 season, a season that the Rams ended up going to the playoffs, losing to the Falcons, unfortunately, but it was that year, and it was just like a, a very exciting thing. So this is the first year that we saw Sean McVay and his offense, and it was uh, it worked out, 33-7 to dub for the Rams. The first ever game between these two came on November 27th of 2005, and I love this game. It's one of my favorite Rams games of all time that I've ever watched, and it was the birth of Fitzmagic in St. Louis or for St. Louis. It was the game was played in Houston, but this game was the birth of Fitzmagic. The Rams were down at halftime 24 to three. Mark Bulger did not start in this game because he was already hurt. And then backup quarterback, Jamie Martin 
He got hurt as well. And then Ryan Fitzpatrick comes out. And we're all looking at this this beardless, dorky-looking dude like, oh, great. Rams, not going to be able to pull this one off. 24-3 at halftime. It's not working out. And then Fitzmagic comes in and just starts lighting it up. Torrey Holt scored in the third quarter. Both Isaac Bruce and Steven Jackson, uh, they, they both scored in the fourth quarter. And then Kevin Curtis, a 56-yard touchdown on a screen. I remember it. I can still picture it. The ball goes to the left. 14, number 14, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He snaps the ball, throws it over to Kevin Curtis, and then boom, lines it up, gets some good blocks, and he is out, and touchdown. Rams win. Rams scored 17 points in the fourth quarter with Fitzmagic. Heck of a game. I'm sure most of you guys remember it, too. I'm, I'm sure I'm not like... It's, I'm not storytelling over here. I'm just telling you guys what happened because it was awesome and it's good stuff. Uh, and then the one loss of this series did come on uh, the 20th of December of 2009. That was a 16 to 13 loss from uh, for the Rams. And honestly, that was 2009, though. Uh, that's like one of the worst Rams seasons ever. So we don't like to talk about it too much. <laughs> well, let's see here. We're You know, we are taking this. This Obviously, we take everything one game at a time. That's a, it was one thing I hear all, all the time. I'm. I'm not necessarily like I don't I don't feel like I personally need to take things one game at a time because I don't have to prepare for any opponents. We're just here to talk and stuff. But this game does have that feel to it. It's like, okay, we cannot let the Texans do this. Like we have to focus on this game because the Rams do follow up this game with two primetime games against what will be should be difficult games. And that first one is going to be the the Tennessee Titans on Sunday Night Football. And then the Rams are on the road at the San Francisco 49ers on Monday Night Football. And I know you guys are sitting there right now. It's like, 49ers aren't even good. It's a division opponent. And those games are always tough. And then the Tennessee Titans, holy moly, man. They are a good football team. And Derrick Henry is a robot. All right. I What happens when Derrick Henry and Aaron Donald meet? What happens? I can't wait to find out. But we'll talk about that one next week. And see, we're already doing it. We're already doing it. Okay? <laughs> I just said it, and now we're already doing it. But Texans are not very awesome. They've been outscored in the last two games, 62-8. to eight. But Terod Taylor coming back, I mean, this is definitely not a team that you can just blow off entirely. It's just not. I mean, that's. I mean, you, you can't blow off any team entirely. But the, the Texans, they do have some firepower. I mean, not a lot, but they do have some firepower. I just feel like the Rams will come into this game based on like what happened last week in Detroit or against Detroit. I feel like the Rams are going to be in a good spot to kind of be like, all right, just because our opponent sucks does not mean we need to, we need to suck too. Cause the Rams really feel like they're playing to their opponents right now. I mean, you lose to, or you, you have a close game against the, the, the lions. Um, then I'm, then you beat the bucks, you know, it's just kind of, it feels a little all over the place right now. So we got to just uh, tighten some things up here. Let's take a look at the matchup in this one. We'll start with the Rams on offense. Rams still a top 10 unit, although that average did drop just a little bit. Third in the league in passing, over 300 yards per game passing the football. And rushing still struggling to get that going. But, hey, putting up some points, still almost 30. On the Texans' side, they're giving up 405.7, which is exactly what the Rams are averaging. I don't think I've ever seen that in my history of doing these game previews that we average on offense, what the defense averages that we're going against. I don't think I've ever seen that, but our rankings 10, they're 26, a lot worse. They're also not a very good team against the run, and I know I say that every single week, 
about the Rams going against teams that are not good against the run and then not being able to get it going. So are the Rams just not good at running the football? That really might be the case here. But uh, they're, the, the Texans also given up 29 points a game. So I would anticipate that the Rams should be able to score over 30 in this game. That That feels like something that should be able to happen. Um, but also, I mean, you got to look at the Texans here giving up 29. That's that they're, they're not a very good defense. OK, I'm trying to be as nice as I can about it, but it's, it's difficult okay? because the Rams also, you know, the with the way that Matthew Stafford's playing, the way that this wide receiver core is playing right now, Rams should be able to score. I mean, Rams should be able to put up points and, you know, bringing in Buddy Howlett running back now. Maybe we'll get to see him in rotation. Maybe we see a second half where we actually can get that run game going, because as we saw last week. The, the, the Daryl Henderson production is much higher in the second half, and it's based on not just total numbers, but averages as well. Let's take a look at the other side here. This is the Texans offense versus the Rams defense. The Texans offense almost at the bottom on everything. Very rough for the Texans offense. They are struggling right now. Under 200 a game passing the football, 80 a game running the football. They're only putting up 13.9 points per game. That's horrendous. I mean, in today's NFL, you're only putting up two tutties a game. You're not looking good. That's not a good thing at all. On the Rams side, the Rams still struggling on defense, but doing enough. Because what you want to look at here, and I know earlier in the season, I was saying that like the, the bend but don't break thing, I don't know if that really counts for the Rams. I do now. Like I've come around. This does feel very bend don't breaky. Okay, because... You look at the numbers here, the Rams tied for 22nd in, in total yards, but they're also tied for 7th in points given up, which is 20.9, so about 21 points a game, and that's where you want to see it. That's that's the that's the stat that matters. I mean, even A.J. Hawk talked about it on Pat McAfee, uh, either that was this week or last week. He said, he's like, I don't care about how many passing yards you have or how many rushing yards you have. How many points did you score? Because that's what it matters. That's what they look at at the end. They don't look at the at the end of the game of who had more total yards. Like, uh, okay, you guys win. Like, that's not how it goes. Put up the points. Stop them from scoring points. Rams defense, top 10 in that. So, I I would like to see the defense not let them go all the way down. <laughs> and, and tighten up a little bit. But, hey, if the Rams defense is still going to be stopping, giving up points, that's a very big positive. Okay? But... Now we lose Kenny Young. Uh, right now, it does look like the confidence is in Ernest Jones to possibly get some stuff done. Troy Reader, I would hope that there was something else going on. And not to say, like, I, I hope something's going on in his life that sucks. But I would hope that there's something there of, like, hey, guys, super sorry, but, you know, my like, something crazy happened. My life is absolute bananas right now. So I'm sorry about that. I was a little unfocused. We're getting it back, though, and good to go. Like, I, if, if I got anything like that from Troy Reader, I'd be super thrilled. He does not owe that to me, uh, so it doesn't matter. Ultimately, I just want to see that come back because Troy Reader, I've liked Troy Reader. I liked Troy Reader last year, and to see the way that he performed against the Detroit Lions was disappointing. It was disappointing because, like, just knowing that he's better than that. That's all. I mean... Just like I, we've seen him be better than that. So we got it. And, and now he's going to be like a guy that's in there a lot more. <laughs> so that's good. Uh, let's see here. Let's move on to the three two C last week. We had Matthew Stafford put up the three thirty four and three touchdowns. No picks. Jalen Ramsey celebrated his birthday on Sunday. I actually didn't know that leading into the game. So I'm happy that I did put him in my three to see 
did have that pick to help close out the game. Nick Scott had the other one. And defensive lineman Aaron Donald, he was responsible for the pressure leading to the Ramsey pick, but did not notch a tackle. Let's take a look at the ones this week at the Houston Texans. We're going to start with running back Daryl Henderson. He has to have a big game sometime, right? Like eventually, like like that's going to happen, right? Right? It's got to happen at some point. I, I'm like getting like, I don't want to say frustrated because I'm not like because the Rams are still winning games. <laughs> But you want to see that production come from the ground game as well. It feels very much like McVay is in that mode almost all season where he's like, we got a quarterback, we're just going to keep throwing this rock. That's what, <laughs> you know? And so it's, I feel like once Matthew Stafford's gone, our offense is going to train change dramatically. I don't want to see that, though. I want to see it kind of get adjusted and just have balance. I don't think that's too much to ask for. This is literally, though, the perfect game to get him going. I say that every single week, but... We need to get some momentum from the ground game in like this game, in this three game stretch that we've had. The the was it the the Giants, the Lions, and Texans. This three game stretch. This is a chance to try to gain some momentum, especially on the ground game. So, I would like to see that happen, especially before we get into the real beef of the schedule that's coming up here soon, uh, with some division games. Very tough opponents coming in. I mean, we got Packers coming up. We got Titans coming up, and then division games against the uh, the Seahawks. Uh, the the 49ers, we got the Cardinals again, so uh, the Ravens later on this season. So, yeah, before we hit, like, the real beef of the of the schedule, I'd, I'd really like to see the ground game get some uh, consistency going. Next up, I'm got, I've got linebacker Ernest Jones has not gotten a, gotten a lot of playing time, but with Kenny Young being traded and Troy Reader coming off of the worst games I've ever seen from a Rams linebacker, that's it, literally what I, I'm just reading right now what I wrote on Monday. What I wrote. Um, Jones could start. Uh, getting some heavy use. Uh, the coaches really like this guy. They clearly like this guy quite a bit. And, you know, it's uh, it's time to show it. You know, we saw him uh, green dotting in preseason. We saw him green dotting in training camp. So, hey, it's time. It's time for Ernest Jones. The Ernest Jones era has begun at linebacker for the LA Rams. And you know what? As much as I'm disappointed to see Kenny Young leave, and I really liked Kenny Young. I think he was our best inside linebacker so far this season. He's now a Denver Bronco. So I don't care anymore. And also, <laughs> it's now Ernest Jones time, man. Like, players come and go. The Rams are forever. Kenny Young, unfortunately, left. But the Rams are still here. And somebody who is a Ram today that is going to be, you know, on the football field on Sunday, hopefully cracking some skulls and crushing some souls, is going to be Ernest Jones. I've never said that line in my life. That is 100% sticking. Cra- <laughs> cracking some skulls and crushing some souls. That's sticking now forever. That's going to be, put that on my headstone, please. Uh, I don't know who needs to know that, but this is out to the world now. We'll all be immortalized as content, and that's how I want to be remembered, (laughs) is by that line. But now it's the time, man. Now's the time. So, Ernest Jones, it's Ernest Jones o'clock for the Rams, and it's it's time to to do it. Cracking skulls and crushing souls. Wide receiver Cooper Cup is also going to be on this list, and you know I'm going to be talking about Cooper Cup as much as I possibly can because he is one of the better Rams right now. Even though we got Aaron Donald, he's crushing it on offense, absolutely doing amazing. Catching everything comes his way, or at least most of what comes his way. I can't say everything because <laughs> he definitely has more targets than catches every game. Uh, but he's coming off of, um, he's off to a historic start. There's really no reason to think that that won't continue as the season goes on. Uh, it's just going to be who, what teams take them out. Like we saw the Arizona Cardinals do it. The good news is there's other guys on this roster that can get it done. We, we've seen Van Jefferson off to a really hot start. We've seen Robert Woods be able to get it done. We know that Deshaun Jackson can light it up deep. So 
Um, yeah, it's, I mean, Cooper Cup, uh, if he gets taken out, there are other weapons, but I, I don't think that there's really reason right now to say that Cooper Cup is just like, he's like, oh, well, he's just going away. He's just going to, like, somebody's going to take him out. She's going to end with like a, a thousand yards, even though it's 809 already. So I just don't see it happening. Um, here, we'll take just a one quick second because I am going way over time here. We're going to get into our fan quesos, and uh, this is going to be maybe one of my longest episodes ever, but I will kind of skip over some quesos that actually do ask similar questions. So we'll be right back with that. Don't go anywhere. All right, guys, no messing around. We're hopping right into the fan quesos. Edwin, I saw this message come in. I've had it listed just on my notifications since was it this morning and i just left it there because i was like i'm if i open this i'm going to forget it exists so i'm going to open it right now you guys are you're watching that happen <laughs> and let's see here two quesos from edwin thanks for being here man thanks for uh asking and dude by the way i this is not like prepared or like i i don't really know what i'm gonna say here but it looks like you had such a sweet time at the game and I'm super jealous because I wanted to be at every game and I can't because I live out here in Colorado. But man, I, the pictures that you were sending and stuff, you got killer seats. Don't think that there's a bad seat in the house. Looks like you and your fiance, man, had an awesome time. Super happy for you guys. That's awesome stuff. Let's get into the cases here, though, is uh, why aren't we using Deshaun Jackson more? Man, beats me. That's like that's my legitimate answer to that question is beats me. I, I feel like he should be getting in there a lot more than he has, especially those deep shots, man. At least put him out there on the deep shot. You know what I mean? You got to at least scare the or scare the defense a little bit. But I think that we kind of just pick our spots. We're a little picky in that. So I don't know, man. I, I, I agree, though. I think we need to use him more. I would like to see Deshaun Jackson get a lot more use because I feel like he's going to get frustrated. I feel like Woods is probably going to get frustrated again. And do we need to see those conversations happen again? Do like Deshaun Jackson and Robert Woods need to every single week go into Sean McVay's office and say, where's my place? Like Cup is getting everything, <laughs> you know? Does that need to keep happening? Maybe. Sean McVay, I think, sometimes gets tunnel visioned in, man. Um, he sometimes will abandon certain things, whether that's, running the football or certain receivers that are extremely good. I mean, Robert Woods is incredible. He's one of the, like, I don't even know if I can really, I, he's top 10 Rams receiver ever. I mean, I was going to say he's one of the best, like he definitely can be in that conversation, but the Rams have had some amazing wide receivers. Even I mean, you go all the way back, all the way back. I mean, I'm not going to go through and list names and try to think of everybody right now, but I mean, there's, I mean, even way back, like, way early LA and like Cleveland and stuff like that. Some really good wide receivers. So I would like to see him get used more than I'll tell you that much. Uh, do you think Cam Akers comes back for the playoffs? I think it's possible, but I think that story might be getting blown up a little bit more than it should be right now. And I, I think that while he could come in and, and get, uh, sorry, I'm trying to find my case. here. Uh, while I do think he could come in in the in the postseason and get some carries, I do think that I don't I, I just don't think it would be that big of an impact if he does. And next year, I'm excited for Cam Akers. This year, even with that news, I just don't know if I'm like, oh yeah, Ram Akers coming. Like I just don't know if I'm there yet. Maybe I will later on, and maybe when we see like maybe we see that his rehab is just doing amazing and he's he's super ready to play. But right now, it's like there's really no. There's nothing that I'm not going to force excitement right now, not knowing what the future holds, if that makes any sense. This one comes from Keith. Is Kyler Murray tall enough to ride the rides at Disney? I don't know. 
Um, what I am going to need, though, is people at Disney to tell me what the limit is because I have never been. I haven't even been to the... It's not Six Flags anymore. It's the Elish Gardens up in Denver. I haven't even been there in like a long, long time. I think I was like 13 last time I was there. I'm 30 now. So basically elderly, guys. Elderly Joe. Uh, next one here is going to come from Jason from Des Moines, Iowa. Iowa, man. I know some Rams fans in Iowa. That's pretty cool. That's uh, that's sweet that that's like a, a represented area for the Rams. Uh, besides bringing in a new player, is there a reason I'm not thinking as to why we would restructure Havenstein and basically cut Kenny Young? Yeah, it, it felt like a cut. Honestly, it did. But um, no, uh, there's there's got to be some kind of plan. You don't do that unless you are planning something. But And my brain automatically tries to decode stuff and tries to figure out like where do the Rams need to improve? What has Sean McVay been saying in press conferences about certain things and where they need to improve, certain people need to improve? And I'm just not getting anything, man. I'm really not sure. So uh, I, I think that that uh, ultimately it is a situation where the Rams are going to bring in somebody, uh, hopefully soon. And I'm not seeing any notifications right now on. I just want to. I just I'm just double checking because if I am doing an entire episode and the Rams just made like a huge move, I'm gonna be real sad that I didn't talk about it. So let's go ahead and do our. YouTube channel fan cases, and then this is it. We have some hilarious questions in here, by the way. Uh, what do you think we do with Note Boom, being that this is his, that his contract expires at the end of the season? I'm not sure he returns. I do think that if he does return, it'd be a pretty team friendly deal. Uh, his versatility that he does bring to the offensive line, he can play in four or five spots outside of center. He's a guy that we could plug and play, so that's a very good thing. Uh, his versatility is almost unmatched on this roster right now, but. Also, that is a thing that we look for in offensive linemen. I do think he sticks around. I don't think it's very expensive to keep him. How much of an impact do you think the Rams, or do you think, <laughs> say the Rams, I don't know. Uh, how much of a player, uh, whoa, I'm just going to take a second. <sighs> we got this. All right. How much of an impact do you think players have when deciding if they should join the Rams when the Rams aren't letting them play through their contracts and getting traded all of a sudden? Do you think that no one is safe mentally uh, or do you think that do you think a no one is safe mentality uh, the Rams have will negatively impact how players view the Rams? This is a conversation that me and Rams house had over text message and I loved the topic immediately. We are going to talk about this. Me and Rams house will talk about this on uh, the on fan media network, which is something it's a, a new show that I'm doing fanmedianetwork.com short shows, straight to the punch kind of thing, get in, get out of there, fast and dirty kind of situation. And uh, that we'll, we'll talk about this because I, 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 I do want to have your conversation with this uh, Rams has because this, your take on that, on the Rams' uh, willingness to move on from people very fast and how that could negatively impact somebody viewing the Rams who would maybe be a free agent or something. I think that that's a very real thing that needs like a conversation that, that should happen between us. To give you my kind of side of it right now is I do think that that could have an impact. I, I think that you could be seeing a player. It's like, well, I could go over to the Rams, but even if they sign me to a five-year extension, I may only play two and then get shipped off to a team that sucks. You know, like that's a very real thing that could be in players' minds. No one is safe. We extend Jared Goff, trade him. We extend Brandon Cooks, trade him. We extend Todd Gurley, cut him. Like it's, it's, it's happened. We've seen it a lot, actually. Uh, and so... 
Is that going to be something that these players start to see and is like, don't take the contract extension serious? Or is the are the agents going to start seeing this and start asking for more guaranteed money? Not all this, like, where we can move stuff around, all this stuff. Like, no, we sign this deal. This mu- amount gets paid here. This amount gets paid here. This amount gets paid here. Guaranteed. I think that that's a, what we're going to start to see. So it's a little bit of a cat and mouse game right now with the Rams front office and their contract situations and what's going to be with these agents and the negotiations. Because I really do think that that's kind of the course that'll happen is agents will be asking for more guaranteed money or more money up front for their clients because it is extremely possible that they just get traded after a couple of years into their contract. It doesn't even have to hit halfway or anything. They're just moving on. We'll talk about that more, though. FanMediaNetwork.com. Uh, this one comes from AJ. What do you feel about our special teams? I think we uh, we were... I think we were promised a more explosive performance uh, that will... Sorry, I got a notification here. uh, That will leave teams on their toes. I think every game I hear the announcer say, Remember, Hecker can throw it! I don't know if that's how they say it, but... uh, Definitely think that we're missing out on something. Should we have dedicated punt and kick returners? Who should it be? Oh, that's a good part. I like that. Um, Yeah, it kind of feels like the the Rams special team's not nearly as explosive as it should be uh, and we had one fake so far and it was called back on a bogus call honestly but whatever uh things happen can't blame refs as re- i feel i still feel like we're like two or three years away from as rams fans to be able to be like the refs ruined that game for us because <laughs> everybody's response is like really did they <laughs> and i think that that's fair so yeah it's i, I think that the, the rams punt and kick returners right now are I don't know, man, because we saw Benny out back there, man, but Benny looked slow as a kick returner. I did not like him back there. I don't like Tutu, a punt returner. Deshaun Jackson, if we're not going to use him on offense on our deep threats, might as well just use him as our punt returner. And, you know, uh, our kicker's good. I like Matt Gay. I think he's doing fine. Uh, Johnny Hecker's a great punter still, and yeah, we need to be able to see him throw because that's, that's one thing he's good at. Should we have dedicated punt and kick returners, and who should they be? I think we should, but I don't know who they should be right now. No one is showing anything that's like, oh, man, this guy's exciting on kick returns. Like Raymond Calais, like he actually gave me that. Was like, was like, oh, man, this could be good, actually. Like watching him in preseason, I was like, Calais, what up? Like, but, I mean, I, I really don't know about that one, man. But, yeah, we were, we were promised a lot more out of the special teams unit than we were actually receiving. What do you think a realistic trade for the Rams, if any? What do you think is a realistic trade for the Rams, if any? I do believe that there is a chance that the Rams trade for a corner. And I'm just, I'm genuinely just not sure who. I think that a corner or, I don't know if safety is really one because we also haven't seen Burgess play a lot. And Nick Scott, I think, is doing fine. So I don't know if we would go for a safety. Linebacker now is a position of my opinion's needs. I don't think that's how that's supposed to be worded, but you guys get it. It's. Now I feel like we're weak at linebacker, losing Kenny Young, uh, depending on how Ernest Jones does, because we haven't really seen a lot of him, but the coaches are very high on him. So I am excited to see him out there. But as of today, it's kind of like uh, like the wind was a little bit out of my sails on the defense because it was like we were already struggling on that side of the football and you're you're going to give away a guy who's been super productive. I realize he got ejected in a game. He got like emotions happened and whatever, but He's also been playing great ball, so I was really surprised at that. But, yeah, I don't know. I think a corner, I think somebody on defense. It has to be a defender, right? Our offense is fine, so I would say it has to be a defender. Next one here comes from Rams House as well. How big of an impact will Hollins have on this defense when he returns soon? 
Will he take over for Lewis entirely, or will we st- still see a good rotation? We always do a good rotation, so I do think that that'll happen. I think Hollins will come back as a starter, though, and the Terrell Lewis will be the guy that comes in to spell Hollins here and there. But I think that Hollins was playing, a, he was playing good ball, and uh, I'm excited to get him back because he definitely makes us better. AJ, again, what do you think the Rams, uh, what do you think the Rams need to start off hot instead of working through slow starts? What do you think the Rams need to start? I'm trying to, I feel like the inflections I'm not reading are right. <laughs> I wish I could hear it. You know what I mean? Like, but I, I think I understand what you're saying here. Is it a team thing or a Stafford thing? I feel like we're, they're trying to give us heart attacks waiting in anticipation. I know what we're capable of and definitely feel like we can be the greatest show on surf. Um, I hate that nickname. <laughs> I think it's so corny. Oh my gosh. So Chris Collinsworth is the first one that said that. He said that a long time ago, years ago. He said in like 2017, he said Greater Show on Surf. And I immediately was like, I am never saying that. Like right away. I was like, I'm not going to say that. I don't don't like it. And then very recently, um, well, oh, it was uh, Chris Sims. He said it on PFT to um, Mike Florio. He said, and he said it all like all cocky, like he was the one that thought it. He's like the greatest show on surf. It was like, dude, we heard that like four years ago. <laughs> you nerd. But no, I hate it. I uh, personally, I mean, if we use it, whatever. I also, I'm not the biggest fan of whose house Rams house. Like, I mean, I, I know that that's gonna make people mad, but I, I think it's corny myself. So I don't know, but whatever. To answer your question, um, the Rams starting slow, I think, is to try to get a feel for the game and to try to feel get a feel for the opponent. What's unfortunate about that is when you do that, you have coaches like Dan Campbell who are going to come in and take a nibble off your kneecap and kind of surprise you early in the game. In, the, in a game where you have to now come back, we were down 13-3, to three, you know what I mean? Like, in a game where you got to be like, okay, we got to, oh, crap, like, we almost let this get away from us. Like, that's what's going to happen. You're going to get those coaches that are uber aggressive in the first quarter because we are soft in the first quarter. So yes, I would like to see that change. I think it's a coaching thing. I don't think it's a Stafford thing. We have seen Stafford be nervous in the first quarter of games, like against the Bucks. Um, I would say maybe against the Lions a little bit. He looked just like it, but that one was quick. It took, it was, it seemed like he got rolling pretty fast, but that Bucks one for sure started sloppy and then was able to, uh, to turn it around in the second half. But I do think it's coaching. I think that we're a little ran back. Next one from AJ is Matthew Stafford. What is Matthew Stafford's victory meal? All courses and drinks. I was not prepared for this question. <laughs> this question actually came in as I was recording, so I definitely didn't see it. But what is Matthew Stafford's victory meal? Um, it's definitely not Eric Weddle-esque, and which is not just a big fat bowl of ice cream like Eric Weddle, but it's... I feel like he's like a little bit of a health guy. I feel like he goes for like... I don't know if he goes heavy or light, though. That's what I'm struggling with. I don't know if he goes heavy or light. Maybe he goes, I think he goes a little heavy. I think he goes for some pasta, man. I think you start off with some nice garlic bread. You hit a a pasta, but he likes to switch it up. You know, he doesn't like to just stick with just spaghetti or just, you know, other pastas. I don't know. I forgot every pasta that ever existed just now. But, uh, and then for dessert, I feel like he goes, he goes something like a little classier, but like a healthy kind of dessert. Some kind of like, uh, I don't eat healthy desserts. I eat crap. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's something classy though. Like, you know, like him, and his wife share it. It's like he eats half of it and he's like, this is really, this, this is too sweet for me. Do you want some of this? Like, 
<laughs> That's kind of an inside joke that no one's going to get. What is Dante Dion's favorite drink? Dang, these are hard questions. <laughs> I don't know why I encourage you guys to ask these questions because they're very hard to answer. Um, for Dante Dion, I feel like he goes something something with a with a punch to it. Um, I don't want to take a shot at his size because I don't think that's fair. But I feel like he likes Tang. <laughs> I'm just gonna go with that. I'll go with Tang. He likes Tang. Dante Dion's favorite drink is Tang. I don't even know the last time I had Tang. Next one here from Ram House. Do you think uh, Cooper Cup actually gets 2,000 yards this season? Well, he's currently not on pace for it. I don't think it happens. And the only reason that I don't think it happens is because I, I think, like, hold on. Let me let me just do math here really fast. So if we do 2,000 minus 809, right? That's what he's at. Minus 809. So that's 1191. And then there's, we're seven games in, so there's 10 more games. So yeah, you divide that puppy by 10. So he needs 119 per. I mean, that, shoot, I did not think it was going to be that close. <laughs> I thought it was going to feel a little further away than that. But 119 average for Cooper Cup does feel like it can happen. So you know what, man? Maybe, maybe he does get there. Maybe he does. These next couple of questions here are, uh, I was not prepared for. Um, these ones come from Luis. Uh, let's see here. Potential trades. I do think the Rams do, do go with the corner. We did talk about this, though, so I won't go dive too deep in. I do think the Rams, if I, I do anticipate a move. I don't know if it's a free agent or a trade. I do anticipate it being a trade myself, but I don't know if there's another person that would be involved into that trade. I, I would hate to see uh, another one of these guys go because I, I kind of like our team right now. Uh, there's only a couple of guys that I pick on a little bit, like like Taylor Rapp and stuff, but in this week, Troy Reader. But uh, I do think it'll be on the defensive side of the football. I think it's going to be a big name. That's all I really got on that is I think it'll be a splash, but I, I just don't know who I, I don't. It's it's so hard to answer that right now. Defense will cost us the Super Bowl. That's the question. I And yeah, maybe I mean, but offense wins games, defense wins championships, and the Rams are also tied for seventh and points given up. So I like that. That's something. And also, I think that this defense can turn it on like uh, we've seen them play really well. Uh, in spurts it just hasn't been sustained so i would like to see that and then the last question here from Luis is uh how much bananas you need to eat to get radioactive oh <laughs> uh, it's like it has to be more than four it has to be that's the <laughs> That's it, guys. That's it. Thank you guys for dropping your fan case. I do genuinely appreciate you guys for uh, for participating in that. I know I went way... This is maybe my longest show ever. I don't know if it is or not. Uh, we're probably going to hit about 120. But, uh, it's, um... Hey, it happens. It's all good stuff. Uh, you need at least four bananas to be radioactive. That I feel confident in. Uh, minimum. Um, you know, but... I guess I would need some more context on, uh... The radioactivity potential of a single banana or like what is one radioactive unit and how many bananas is that like is it like 56 bananas to one radioactive unit is is that even a thing that is real is any does any of that make sense at all is uh, is the words i'm saying are do they make sense are are am i saying real things right now 56 bananas equals one radioactive unit that feels real. 
<laughs> I'm sticking with it. I don't even care. I don't even care. You guys can do whatever with that information, but I'm sticking with that. 56 bananas equals one radioactive unit. But that is going to do it for me. Thank you guys so much for dropping your fan cases. Genuinely appreciate the heck out of you guys. Thank you guys for hanging out with me tonight. If you guys made it all the way to this part of the, part of the show, I am big fans of yours. All right. Big fan. Big fan of yours if you're still here with me now because we went way over. It's going to be awesome stuff, though. It's fine. I got off work early, just a little bit early today. So it's it's okay. You know, we're doing fine. Going high voice again on you guys. But make sure you guys follow Ram Showcase on all your favorite social media. That would be at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter. Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. You can follow myself as well at Sheriff Joe Bags on Instagram and Twitter. Facebook.com slash Sheriff Joe Bags. We try to keep it pretty simple uh, pretty simple there. Make sure you guys also subscribe on YouTube, like this video, or dislike it. Whatever's more honest for you. I prefer honesty over anything else. And, um, yeah, that's going to do it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This has been Ram Showcase on Sports World Radio. I am your host with... <laughs> I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This has been Rams Showcase on Sports World Radio. For those of you who aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you who are Rams fans, thank you guys so much for listening. You guys have a great night. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.